The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. It is time for Break the Business, where we empower indie creators and have some fun along the way. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. Let me lay out for you a little bit of the tightrope walk that we have this week, viewers and listeners. I'm going to give you a little bit of an idea of the setting here. All right? We record Break the Business from the luxurious, acclaimed Break the Business Studios, also known as the converted garage of my house. And we have a unique challenge this evening at this particular dwelling, which is about 30 feet from where we entertain you all here on Break the Business. There is a sleeping infant, my dear son, Nathan. And one of the ways that we keep my dear son, Nathan, asleep, which you know is critical to the success of this show and the development of my child, is to not have Molly, the break the business golden retriever, wake up said one-year-old son. So right now, in what is a very risky move for this program, Molly, the break the business dog, is sleeping at my feet while we do this show. So... I need to be able to do this show in a way that does not wake up the dog and cause a big ruckus on this program, even though I think all of you would find that quite amusing and probably entertaining if my dog just like, you know, ran through and started pulling wires out and stuff. But at the same time, I can't have the dog leave the room because if the dog leaves the room, the dog could go into the nursery and wake the baby up. And then we really got a production disaster around here. So there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of living creatures uh, that I am accountable to. Uh, That could mess this show up at any moment, but that's just what makes it fun. You know what also makes this show fun this week? Our co-host, who we love having here, Elisa Rockdock, is joining us. Hey, Elisa. Another one of your favorite creatures. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, So I should maybe like put away like the cowbell and the timpani. And the cement mixer and the air horn and and I should I should probably leave all, all of the, the all of the above. I can't tell you how precarious a situation okay. this is. We are on the razor's <laughs> edge, people. Um, <laughs> and yes, I I am confirming up. the dog just woke up and is presently licking my bare feet. So that's what we got going on right now. It's a real it's a real party, but. Um, it's, it's good to have you here, Elisa. I am excited to talk to you. I'm I'm excited for this show in general. We got a lot to be happy about this week. Our guest who's going to be joining us after the break, Emily Moore, a terrific singer songwriter who has blown up on TikTok, really doing some great things on this platform. I love talking to this new generation of young creators who have just discovered the power that this platform can provide. And more importantly, using this platform to achieve success on their own terms, doing some really cool stuff with the medium. We're going to talk to Emily all about that, how she was able to uh, use Pixar songs like the theme to Up and Finding Nemo, putting her own unique lyrics on them, blowing up on the platform, and 
uh, smash cut to the end of the story. She's doing a music video from like a mile up in a hot air balloon. Like that's not even a joke. So that's going to be a blast. I want to talk to her all about that because I think we're all going to learn a thing or two from Emily Moore. And it's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I've never had the courage to get into a hot air balloon. That just oh. seems, mm, yeah, just. Uh, no, I have I have seen them launch, you know, as, as like an event. You can go see them launch and oh, look at them up in the air. How pretty. Um, I'm 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 fine with my feet on the earth. On Call me crazy, but I would never want the only thing between me and a death plummet to be a thin layer of wicker. I have played enough Tears of the Kingdom to know how <laughs> precarious hot air balloons are. I'm, mm, I'm, I'm good, actually. I immediately was thinking Tears of the Kingdom when I brought that up. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm good. All right. But before we get into any of that, I have a lot of social media things I want to talk to you about, Elisa. We have you on roughly once a week. And in the roughly, or sorry, once a month, and in the, I wish, you know, that'd be nice, but no, it was just, just once a month. And in the month since we've had you on, a lot of very weird social media, both trends, but also like major industrial developments have transpired. I kind of want to just run those through you rapid fire, get your perspective. We're going to go from like frivolous to to very, very like, you know, mission critical business type stuff. But uh, so many things have happened in the world of social media lately that ha that made me think of you. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about them. First, chief among which <laughs> is the rise of this thing called Girl Dinner. Ah, um, yes. From and, and from, yeah, yeah, there's the Girl Dinner song and everything. It's it's a blast. Um and from what I can ascertain through the through the lens of my you know boy dinner prism, what I what I am believing girl dinner is, and you can let me know if I don't have this quite right, it is the tendency of girls in say their twenty or thirties to forage, you know, when when they're when they're feeling hungry, in lieu of like cooking a full meal, they will just sort of forage around their dwelling for various pieces and parts of food and put them together on like kind of a tray or a charcuterie plate and you know dress it up adorn it in a nice way to kind of make it look more pleasant than it is and and that's girl dinner and and there's like a bunch of tiktok videos about it and if that is what girl dinner is and you can let me know elisa i kind of feel like because i've known you for like 20 years <laughs> i feel like you invented this i mean okay so because you've been girl dinnering <laughs> like before any of these gen zers were born so um it we are coming up so 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 here's the thing because of the ex, um monumental exponential passage of digital internet time the time it takes for us to create new names for things like charcuterie and lunchables <laughs> and F it. I don't know, which is really kind of what girl dinner is. Um, it is, I, I feel like it is also a kind of commentary on perhaps women, um, you know, maybe, maybe AFAB folks um, kind of taking back some autonomy over a desire to graze um, and, and taking back an autonomy over like, you know what, maybe, maybe I don't want to cook. 
Maybe it's table water crackers and maybe it is squeezy cheese out of the tube. And maybe it is this box of raisins and maybe that's okay. Mm. You know, part of what makes it girl dinner though, is the presentation, right? Yeah. Oh, so here, so I feel like there was like a proto moment where where I really expanded on this um, early early lockdown, where it's kind of like okay, what is in the fridge? Because I'm not in the store right now. Um, so here's some mortadella, and here's some pepper jack, and here's some Ritz, and oh boy, we're gonna stack these, and we're gonna put them under the boiler, and we're gonna melt that cheese, and we are going to arrange those on a plate because we do eat with our eyes first, and yes, we are going to watch every episode of Shark Tank that has ever existed <laughs> while we eat these little tiny Ritz crackers. <laughs> but I mean, I was doing this in college. Like you, you, you get a Puerto Rican, that big green tin of export sodas, like soda crackers, a giant and, 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 and whatever's in the fridge. And you know, that's, that's, that, that's, that's girl dinner. That's, that's, that's everybody dinner. <laughs> Absolutely. That's everybody dinner. Um, the next thing I wanted to chat with you about is, uh, this other rather strange phenomenon and look, my position, and it's always been our position here at break the business is we celebrate indie creators in all forms, shapes, sizes. You already know what I'm, t- <laughs> she's already doing it. She already knows what I'm going to talk about here. Cause like, we're just this freaking connected. Yeah. Nice topic, Ryan. Yeah. We celebrate all forms of creators. And like my premise is being tested here because of the rise of these NPCs that have uh, emerged on platforms like TikTok and and Instagram Live, which um, just won't you? I can't even explain what what is an what is an NPC. So um, NPC is short for non playable character. These folks are also um, sometimes described as AI streamers um or avatar streamers basically they are mimicking motions of a non-playable character idle animation in a video game or or some other sort of software um and reacting with preset reactions to the different kinds of gifts that you can give on tiktok live like roses or Um, having different filters placed on your face and it is part of the attraction is people going what is happening and then therefore they watch boost the numbers and then it's people having this kind of control over this person's actions by way of giving these gifts which translate eventually to monetary value for said creator to which i say gang gang get that bag (laughs) <laughs> and and as i said before like that is it's got to be my perspective too because we celebrate indie creators in all its forms it's just it's very bizarre to yeah. me because like you you don't even understand like how strange it is until you actually perceive it it's, it's somebody sitting in front of a camera um you know the, the one who like the, the young lady who's like really famous with it now is like cooking popcorn kernels one yes, at a time with a hair straightener. With mm-hmm. a hair straightener. Yeah. Come on, Pinky and Doll. Pinky Doll, thank you. And every yes. time you send Pinky Doll an ice cream cone, which corresponds to a certain amount of money on TikTok, she says, mm, ice cream so good. Yeah. And she's popular enough that like she just says it repeatedly because every person keeps sending her those. And so yes. if you're just watching it as an outside observer, it is bizarre. But 
some people are making a great deal of money yeah as and, npcs and let's let's just say that pinky doll's tiktok account is not the only one seeing an incredible amount of traffic so is her only fans oh that is which, another extension of yeah this trend. And, and to me, that's another uh, thing about this that I find troubling is like the think pieces that are already emerging, mm. like these these two like completely opposite like think piece classes where like one one group of think pieces is like this is absolutely a sex thing. And then like the other groups <laughs> of think pieces are like, this is not a sex thing. Stop disparaging sex workers. And like it's all and it's just like she couldn't it be that she's just popping popcorn kernels with a straightening iron like do do we have to make everything a sex thing hey everybody's got their something <laughs> and if that somebody's got a check for that something <laughs> hey that's everybody's got their something <laughs> I mean, not that i would subject you to this if this is not your thing but i feel like you could do this oh you, you have the radio voice i've literally played a non-playable character that's true <laughs> that is that's a very good point you have non-playable character talking, on your resume i played a talking gun um <laughs> but yes uh, <laughs> it's it is it is tempting um but at the same time there is there is that little bit of of that kind of stigma and potential for it to be considered say fetish content um that may prevent me uh, from from darkening the doors of uh, of of some other you know scholastic institutions in the future. But who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I'll get that bag while I can. Gang, gang. <laughs> Ice cream, I, delicious. I don't know. Like I, I feel like you know, in 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 the in in your field, which is pop culture studies, gender studies. But this is field research. There's oh, a paper in this. Oh, abso absolutely. If there isn't somebody right now in a graduate program creating an account and starting to do the field research, I would be absolutely surprised. And this is coming from somebody who literally studied video games for her PhD. Like, it's <laughs> happening. It's happening. Okay. From girl dinner to uh, making popcorn one kernel at a time with a straightening iron... Um, I now want to uh, take you to uh, just more current social media matters uh, because one of the other things that has happened since the last time you and I have spoke on this program is just how the the social media world has just kind of went to hell. Uh, Elon Musk you know, seems to have completed his final phase of what almost seems like him trying to destroy his company on purpose um, by... Now changing the name of Twitter, this very recognizable brand, probably the second most recognizable brand in all of social media, to X, a name that has like about 100 other companies that have registered trademarks in that field. So he's creating an IP nightmare for himself. Mm -hmm. uh, some, date, uh, some experts have said that just by changing the name from Twitter to X, he has cost his company anywhere between five and $20 billion in value. And meanwhile, while all this is going on, uh, Mark Zuckerberg developed the Threads social media platform as a competitor to Twitter, which uh, just announced uh, on July 24th that they have finally added the following feed. A, you know, oh, because, God, really? Yeah. So because before it was only just a for you feed and people were upset because they only wanted to be able to view, you know, 
threads, I guess, from the accounts that they follow. But they finally added that following feed. And so... I'm I'm still not re-downloading it. I almost picked up my phone and I'm like, nope, not doing it. (laughs) Well, so that now brings me to my my question for you as, you know, what I like to call a a recovering social media manager. Um, (laughs) We're kind of in this place right now. Indie creators are kind of in this place right now where they might see, they might not see a future in Twitter anymore. And they might not see the future in threads that they once thought they did. I think a lot of people were of the position maybe two, three weeks ago that threads was going to be something that was going to have a lot of traction. Certainly, it came out of the box big. And since then, the engagement numbers have dropped a little bit. Uh, People are saying it's not a great place for organic growth. And so there are a lot of creators out there who probably feel like they are people without a country. Like, oh, Twitter's not really there anymore. Threads isn't what I needed to be. Maybe I don't have the biggest Instagram account in, you know, to go onto that platform. If you're an artist, like, what do you do in this spot? Like where you, you know, you're kind of at a social media crossroads with everything that's going on right now with Zuckerberg and Musk. It's, it, it sucks because we are at the mercy of two children <laughs> using public, like, utilities that have been used for global uprisings as freaking action figures that they're smashing together and breaking apart to try to be better than the other one. And, and we are the folks that get to suffer um, because of these billionaires playing with their toys. And I picked a great time to not be a social media manager anymore. (laughs) I hate that there are people having to edit all of their URLs on all of their brand sites. They have to edit all of the little T's and the little birds out of every logo out of I'm, I am, I am apoplectic. And as a creator, it is again, same thing that, you know, we had seen with like Facebook gaming and mixer and you know rest in peace mixer which by the way is one of the like x's is i think like the source of that x logo which is a very interesting it seems like they they came from like a similar font library or something yeah Yeah. and or or it reverted to meta when facebook gaming like took over mixers partners i don't even know but it's even more of a sign to never put your eggs all in one basket. Do not be a TikTok creator. Do not be a YouTuber. Be a film critic. Be an artist. Be a musician. Not a musician on X platform because they own all of that content and it can disappear. Um, All of your links will be broken. Um, And I can definitely see all the more reason for folks using those channels as more of a promotional tool, but then maybe the actual creation um, and some of that access that you have with your fans going to more private curated places like Patreon community feeds or discords, um, more curated communities um, that are maybe easily put upable on a link tree for folks to find but you really got to have a shotgun approach, not be too precious with the way that you're creating content on any platform, because literally next week, who the heck knows? I just can't understand. I can't fathom 
what's happening with Twitter and how much value it's lost in such a short period of time. You know, I, I don't think like if you put me in charge of Twitter, like let's, let's say, (laughs) let's say Elon Musk buys Twitter, what it was like a year ago or something and puts me in charge as CEO and says to me, Ryan, your job is to do everything you can on purpose to destroy <laughs> this company and bring its value to zero. I don't think I could have, if, if that was my task, I don't think I could destroy Twitter as fast on purpose as Elon Musk is doing, presumably by accident, despite the fact that he seems to be trying his best. It's wild because now, like at least now the way that I experience social media, it's I am now a a sort of fractured stained glass uh, of a, you know, stained glass piece of art of a human, where if you want to see this part of me, you go to Tumblr. And if you want to see this part of me, you go to Instagram. But then if you want to see this part of me, you go to TikTok. And, you know, thankfully, I would highly recommend, you know, anyone and everyone to squat on your own domain names, your own dot coms um, that you can at least so that you have some one-stop shop that you can give someone that you yourself have ownership of the content of um, to be able to point people to um, so that they can see where it is that you're doing what you're doing because these platforms do not care about you (laughs) or your art. Oh, look at that. (laughs) AlisaMelendez.com. That's RyanCarella.com. RyanCarella.com. We can. Thank God. There we go. And, hey. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it's it's it sucks because people are flailing, and you know, and it and it sucks for writers because they can't necessarily translate their situation to TikTok. Folks on Instagram are finding that like, oh, on threads, it's text-based. And it's like, no, maybe you were popular on Instagram because of the sort of visual component or the videos that you were making, but maybe your, you know, your steez doesn't necessarily translate to text. Um, you have to be nimble and get your sea legs in in this industry. Um, I, I do not envy anyone who is still working in this capacity professionally officially you have my love you have my solidarity but you will not have my sword i am not coming back (laughs) (laughs) um nor should you need to because as we find out on this show on a monthly basis we get updates from you about how things are going in your career as a voiceover artist and as an actress and as a musician and, you know, just all the ass kicking and name taking that you are doing along the way. And we love sharing that journey with you. So before we go to break, can you give us a little career update, how things are going? Sure. Um, you know, when, when, when you yearn for the stability that being an actress provides versus being a social media <laughs> manager, you know, you know <laughs> that things have gone pear-shaped. Um, <laughs> um, so since literally the day after uh, I was last here, I filmed um i i went into an advertising agency and i did one line worth of vo performance and got out of there um for a commercial that might be airing sometime next month on the radio so i you know who knows (laughs) 
if anyone's going to be able to hear it. But in that same day, I did a VO gig, recorded one line for a commercial, and then had a callback for a video commercial for produce of some hey, kind. Hey. Um, and I, the next week I filmed an industrial, uh, thing, which was, um, basically some background video, no dialogue at all. I just had to look cool and pretend to play cards for about 20 minutes. Uh, my, my, my jobs are weird. My <laughs> jobs are weird and varied. Um, but you know, if you got a check, I got a talent. So <laughs> I'm having a great time. Um, the, the biggest thing that, that I do want to relay is if there are any folks that are going to uh, Gen Con, uh, that is the best four days in gaming. It is a huge tabletop gaming convention that pretty much takes over all of downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. If you are going to be there next week, as of the filming of this program, um, the first weekend in August, I am going to be there running around being a host. You can also watch the proceedings um, uh, for Gen Con online. So if you can't make it to the show, one of the biggest cool things that I'm doing is I'm hosting IRL streams where I walk around the convention and get to show people at home what's going on literally live from the show floor. So you get to experience the show with me. So I'm really, really excited um, to be doing that next week. So I go from being a, a radio commercial lady to a woman laughing, eating salad to hosting a tabletop gaming convention. I love my life. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound really, really fun. I I always I love how your eyes light up when you talk about this particular convention because you, you are a veteran of many a con and you you've enjoyed every one that you've gone to for the most part. But for some reason, this one, which isn't, you know, it's not about video games, which I think is where you tend to do most of your, this is a tabletop gaming convention, but it seems to really bring out a lot of smiles in you. You must love the groups there and the culture there and yeah, you know, things with dice. It's, I mean, one, the, the, the forbidden candy, the dice are just so, so beautiful. Um, and, and it is very, very difficult to not walk away with, you know, tons of shiny rocks in my pockets. Um, but it's, it's the way that it's a family friendly event. It's like all encompassing when it comes to events. It's practically 24 hours um, a day. Like you can just book and play. If you just wanted to spend four days playing board games with your friends, you could do that. Um, last year, I spent an hour painting a miniature, which I'd never done before, but I got to learn how to paint a miniature and do all the shading and stuff, and that was incredibly That's zen. Good shading on that. So we were able to see that there with, for the live streaming audience. Just excellent shading. Yeah, but it's it's all sorts of different activities, um, not just sort of tabletop games in the kind of like traditional, very intimidating, like Warhammer 40k kind of sense. Um, but they even had more kind of hybrid interactive analog games like uh, Star Trek Bridge Command kind of situation, Go which I think you might particularly be into. Um, it's it's family friendly. They do a lot of things for charity, and there's a very um, huge feeling of this is something put together by gamers for gamers. And yes, there's like corporations there showing their wares, but it doesn't feel as much of an ad bomb as maybe say like a traditional video game convention might feel like. 
So it's nice. It's relaxing by comparison. <laughs> I think everyone within the sound of my voice should hang out with Elisa at Gen Con. Anyone who doesn't have a one-year-old in their house <laughs> who's allowed to, who is allowed to go out and do things should uh, hang out with Elisa at Gen Con because that's going to be an absolute blast. All right, let me see here. Let me let me maybe make a quick executive decision. Do we go to break? Do we do the AI overlord tip of the week? All right, let's let's AI overlord it real real quick before we bring go to break and then bring on Emily Moore. AI overlord tip of the week. Here we go. It is important that we do the tip of the week before we talk to Emily Moore because this tip is actually kind of a a preview of our interview with Emily Moore. So one of the things that you're going to find out about Emily, viewers and listeners, is she went really popular on the TikTok platform uh, when she created a where she took the melody, the very popular melody to the movie Up. And she set it to her own lyrics to honor the memory of her grandmother. It was a beautiful, beautiful song. And it seems like basically everybody on TikTok universally loved this song. And it got me in a bit of a Pixar state of mind. And so for our AI Overlord tip of the week, I asked our AI Overlord ChatGPT to give us a tip of the week in the spirit of Pixar. So tips of the week inspired by Pixar movies. Here we go. Greetings, creators. Welcome to our Pixar-inspired tip of the week. Let's plunge into the deep end and find some treasure. Our first stop is the post-apocalyptic world of WALL-E. Here, oh. a curious little robot teaches us the importance of being inquisitive and resilient. WALL-E never gave up his search for life, despite the barren world around him. As indie creators, face the desolate landscape of creative blocks with the same unwavering spirit. Keep exploring, keep trying, and remember, the more you seek the more you find. Next, we venture under the sea with Finding Nemo. Marlin, a clownfish, swam across the ocean, facing sharks and jellyfish to find his son. His journey wasn't easy, but he kept on swimming. I know you're already <laughs> thinking of that TikTok video of that little boy singing the uh, Finding Nemo <laughs> Jr. song. In your creative journey, obstacles are inevitable, but Michael, Mike, like Marlon, good Lord, persist, persevere, and remember, every struggle is a stroke toward success. Mm -hmm. Lastly, we're floating with Up. <sighs> Carl's flying house is a perfect symbol of the boundless heights creativity can reach. Carl made his home and fly with the power of imagination and a few thousand balloons. Indie creators, don't be afraid to innovate and think beyond boundaries. Let your creativity lift you to new realms of possibilities. And with that, we wrap up our tip of the week, taking a cue from the Pixar playbook. Indie creators, let curiosity, perseverance, and creativity guide your journey. Dream big, work hard, and remember, the sky is the limit. All right. Oh. Yeah, there it is. We're going to take two minutes and talk to Emily Moore on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. Keep checking out Break the Business. Ryan Carella here. I hope you're enjoying the show and I hope that you're getting a lot out of it. I do what I do because I care about creators like you. A lot. I've dedicated my career to helping creative professionals, entrepreneurs, and organizations move forward. I do it by hosting this program and I'm also proud to do it in my legal practice. If you're a creative professional looking for solutions-oriented legal services to help you further your goals, 
I'd love to help. My firm RKPA does contracts, commercial law, copyright, trademark, and more. Visit rkpalaw.com to learn more. That's rkpalaw.com. Ryan A. Corella, PA, Miami, Florida. Streaming services for Break the Business provided by L.E.K. Entertainment. L.E.K. Entertainment is a full-service entertainment company offering everything from consultations to full-scale events and productions, including audio and video productions, voiceovers, staged theatrical productions, script and music development, and streaming services. For more information, visit lekentertainment.com. L.E.K. Entertainment wants to help you bring your story to life. Thanks for supporting Break the Business. If you have a question or topic that you want us to discuss, email us at breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can follow the host, that's me, on Twitter at Ryan K-A-I-R, and you can follow the show at The BTB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and on all major podcast platforms. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Break the Business, everybody. Ryan Corella here with Elisa Rockdog. Elisa, I just read, and this immediately made me think of you because I know you're in the process of recording an EP. Yeah. Uh, the country of Iceland would like you to record some of your EP over there. They are currently doing a program where they, if you record your album in Iceland, they will reimburse 25% of your recording-related costs, including studio time, post-production, post-production and lodging and travel expenses oh. um they are ramping this program up now that we are post-pandemic and i'm pretty sure iceland is the only place on the planet right now that is not three thousand <laughs> degrees so uh, i'm thinking you make your way up north finish this ep what are you thinking i'm i'm into that actually um i've Iceland is is beautiful. There are a couple of artists that I know that that we love come out of Iceland. I mean, if it's good enough for Bjork, it's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. I, I'm down, actually. I'm trying to think about the cost and if I can make up that 75%. <laughs> It's that 75%. That's, that, that's where they get you. Part. That's where they get you. Well, you know, you just got to do some creative accounting and, you know, tuck in a lot of things under travel expenses. You can, yeah. Like I'm, the, I'm thinking like, you know, the meals that you have with Evan, mm. you know, where you talk about the trip to Iceland and, and plan yes. things out. Yes. As far as I'm concerned, that's a travel expense. Like, you know, yeah. get, get that 25% off. I'm, I'm into it. And I figure if it, if it's lodging and expenses, you know, Evan and I can just do like, you know, we're, we'll, maybe it's the acoustic album. Maybe it is just the two of us. Maybe it is. Maybe the album is called Second Honeymoon. I don't know. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I like this. All right, let's go ahead and bring out our guest this week. She is a popular singer-songwriter on TikTok who recently went viral for adding touching lyrics to the theme song to the movie Up, eventually making a music video of the song where she sang it from an actual hot air balloon. Our guest has over 150,000 followers on the TikTok platform, and you can check her out there at emily.more. That's E-M-I-L-E-E dot -E -E more. And you can check out her latest single, If I Don't Have You, on all streaming platforms. We are happy to welcome Emily Moore on to Break the Business. Hello, Emily. Hello. How's it going? 
It is going very, very well. What a treat to be speaking with you. We got lots of questions about the hot air balloon and yeah. why that didn't scare the hell out of you the way it did. It would have me and Elisa. But first, uh, you have a story about meeting Nick Jonas that I think we need to just share with all of the SiriusXM subscribers. I know it's incredibly embarrassing for you. We're hoping that you can uh, just you know help us out here and, and, and bear your soul a little bit for a really good story. You met Nick Jonas. How bad could that have possibly gone? That's fair, yeah. <laughs> this is the best way to start this interview. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Um, yeah, so I did meet Nick Jonas. Um, I was working out of a studio with an artist at the time, and the Jonas Brothers had just gotten back together. So they were kind of secretly recording in this studio. And so um, we would go in early because we were not the special artists of the team. Uh, we would go early to get the big rooms um, to record in before the real artists came in. And um, we were working there. And then one of the studio managers came in and said, oh, the Jonas Brothers are on their way, on their way. So we need you to get out of this room and go to one of the smaller, um, less significant rooms. And so in my head, I was thinking, oh, they're not here yet because they said on the way. So I walk out into the main kitchen area and jo Nick Jonas is there. <laughs> and I was not expecting it. And then I, in a split second, was like, well, I have to do something. I can't be this weird person that's just looking at him. So we were across the kitchen from each other. And I just tried to say like, hey, how's it going? And I choked on my spit. And then I started coughing and I couldn't stop myself. And it was funny because I needed to throw something out in the kitchen. So I was walking towards this garbage can that was kind of closer to him. So I'm coughing and I'm trying to get over to this garbage can. And he moved away from me. Oh. <laughs> I ran the room, and then I just ran into the studio that I was supposed to go in and I hyperventilated for like half an hour. But it was okay because we ended up meeting all of them the next day and it was very like normal and nice. So I was able to redeem myself. But yeah, that was great. That was fun Ooh. for me. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think you come off as bad in this story as Nick Jonas was because as far as he knows, like you're dying. <laughs> And does he call for help? Does he administer aid? No, he's I got to get away from this person. Oh my god! Exactly. Like well, I, I mean, want, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want it to seem like I was trying to cause a scene because he was there, and I was afraid it was going to come off across that way. So <sighs> it worked out. It was fine. Let's just forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, thank you. Right. So. You got the idea of this transaction, right? You bared your soul. You you gave us an embarrassing story. And now we just get to just just send a bunch of praise your way for the rest yeah. of this interview yeah. because we are fans, Emily. We we love what you do on TikTok. We love your music. It is delightful. It is powerful stuff. And we love the videos you make as a creator. Just a, a lot to like about Emily Moore, people. Uh, definitely check her out at her TikTok platform at emily.more. Can you talk a little bit about what TikTok has meant for you as a creator? What what was your career like before you discovered this platform and kind of what has it become since? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, thank you. That was very nice of you to say. Um, TikTok has been really valuable and really important to me. I think like early on when my videos were getting like 200 views, I probably wouldn't say the same thing, but I think it's definitely... Um, it's different now. You have access to so many people as an artist and like... Uh, before 
TikTok came along and before I was really using TikTok, um, it was a lot harder to get my music out there and it was a lot harder to just be a creator in general. There's a lot of different ways and different approaches that you had to take versus being able to just upload videos and kind of hope that the algorithm favors you and gets it out there. And so I really appreciate what TikTok has done for me and all of the, the whole community that I've been able to create on there uh, with specifically up in the sky. Um, and just, yeah, it's been awesome. I'm, I'm super grateful for it. All right. Let's talk about up in the sky mm -hmm. since you brought it up because safe to say that video was the day that, uh, you no longer had to worry about getting 200 views on a post ever again. <laughs> let me, let me lay out the beginning of the story as I understand it. And then you can take the listeners from there. So it's the, you know, in 2020, you lost your grandmother to COVID and to help you work through your grief, you made this quick little video on TikTok uh, last year where you took the melody of the theme song from the movie Up, this beautiful melody that we all know well, and you made your own lyrics to it. You sang those lyrics to it. It's just like a little video, just, you know, wasn't overproduced or anything, just you singing on a microphone. And to call the reaction to that video big would require quite the gift for understatement. Um, can you take us to what it was like immediately after you posted that video? Like what, what was, what was those next few hours, days for you? Yeah, it was a lot. Like I didn't fully expect that. It really did blow up in the most viral way possible. And I, it was a lot, like, it's a lot to think of that many people seeing something seeing me and seeing something that I wrote and, and hearing my voice and everything. So it was very powerful. I think it just, it like reaffirmed that that was something special. And I knew that there was something special to that, that I wanted to share. And I knew that it would connect in some way. It was just a matter of time. And so, um, yeah, it was really powerful. And just to hear, like, I think the biggest thing was having people comment and also like DM me stories of their own loss mm -hmm. and just being able to connect in that way. It was a lot of emotions for me, I think like for a few weeks, it was very overwhelming, but it was also such a powerful thing to be able to connect with people on such a deep level, you know, and I think the fact that that song and that video was able to, in a way without saying, say like, I'm here for you, you're not alone in your grief, I know what you're feeling and people felt like comfortable to be able to share their stories with me was just so special. So I'm very grateful for that. And that video wasn't just a single moment in time either. Really, it was the beginning of a journey that you took all of us on where it started with that video that was an unexpected viral uh, sensation for you. How did it go from that to you being, you know, up in a hot air balloon making the highest altitude music video that has probably ever been recorded? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a journey for sure. I knew within like a matter of weeks of writing that song and um, putting out lots of different TikToks about it, putting the actual song out, I knew that a hot air balloon video was something that I would want to do because it's just so on theme to the mm. um, actual movie. And then I just thought it would be so impactful to do something special like that, to be able to sing to my grandma, all of these different things. And so it was just a matter of time of trying to put that together. And so it took a, a few months after the song had come out to actually go and shoot that video and, and get it all together. And then it took another several months to get it all sorted and edited. But um, I knew it was something from the beginning that I wanted to do. And so to be able to actually say that it did happen is quite surreal and special. Yeah. It's just beautiful. 
we have many more questions about your videos and kind of what you've done since and just seeing your career grow. It's really inspiring, but I kind of want to take the first ever break the business craft break because (gasps) it is my understanding, Emily, that you are a big fan of crafting. Mm -hmm. I cannot say that I share that interest. However, my distinguished colleague, Elisa Rockdock, is a crafting machine, and I feel like we need to just defer things over to her where you all can just talk about crafting for a bit. Let's do okay. it. <laughs> so, so all, all I you know, got was like DIY crafts. I want to know what, what, is, what is your art? What is your craft? Mm-hmm. I love making collages. So that's like one thing. And you'll see that in a lot of like my early um, songs that I put out, a lot of the artwork is like collages that I made, which is kind of cool. And then um, I love doing like kind of calligraphy stuff on canvases. That's like super random. But yeah, I, I went through like a phase of that. I used to do like um, arm knitting. I don't know. Like, you know, with like the big chunky, I would make yeah. stuff. <laughs> so I love doing like any sort of craft things, anything that I can incorporate into my videos now too. Like I just made, um, you'll see on my TikTok, like a massive mic out of like bubble wrap and a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. It's just fun. It's fun to like craft things and create things. What do you like to make? I'm I'm a huge like bullet journaler like like an aesthetic bullet journaler like a lot of penmanship stuff I will I will color code my notes I I, I, oh, I doodle just the whole bit I have um I have my IKEA cart with all oh, my yes. pens and things oh, yeah. I love it's, it it is it is a vibe but it's it's kind of cool because I feel like I ha- I made a YouTube video once kind of incorporating the the bullet journaling thing. Um, as as part of a YouTube thing, the idea that you're incorporating another bit of your art into your music, I think is really cool because I feel like it, it makes it so that artists aren't necessarily like one dimensional, like all I do is music. It's like, yeah. no, I'm actually like a fully fledged human being. I'm an artist. I, th- I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think that's a lot of artists too. Like I think if you really dive in, like most artists are creative in a lot of different ways. And it's just so fun to be able to do that as well as an outlet also with my music and everything. So even these headphones, I don't know if you can tell, but they're spray painted green and there's like jean, like denim. <laughs> they used to be to create them a little, little fancier for the next era of things. So yeah, it's fun. That is I also delightful. taped this light on my wall. I drew in chalk the shape. I don't know. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I'm like ruining my apartment one day at a time with my crafts. <laughs> and, and to Elisa's point, because I think it's a really important one, there is a lot of value that artists can gain in sort of early in their career, taking inventory of all the things that you're good at other than just, oh, I can sing really well or I can play an instrument really well. Yes. What are the other skills, abilities, interests that you have that you can weave into your art to not only make your creative output more interesting, but more importantly, to let your fans know the three-dimensional person that you are, to give them a window into all the things about you that make you interesting. And so the fact that you identified that pretty early on, Emily, and said, I'm going to take this crafting part of myself and incorporate it into my music and uh, and and make my TikToks you know, more interesting and exciting because i mean i you really i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna thrive on tiktok you gotta have that three-dimensional element you have to let people almost as a necessity know what else you're into and what else you're good at because they want to know that stuff because people crave authenticity on that platform absolutely yeah 
Yeah, it's fun to be able to do so many different things and not just be one person doing one thing. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, I mean, look, you use TikTok really well as a musician, uh, you know, beyond just the, the one viral moment, right? Like one of the things that I love that you do with the platform, and this is something I'm always trying to encourage musicians to do on their own TikTok channels is creating sort of little mini series of content within your channel. Like you have, you have one recurring thing on your channel where you are uh, trying to get on the Kelly Clarkson show. And you have another one that you're doing right now that I think is awesome where you are uh, trying to get Ed Sheeran to feature on a song with you by having people who look like Ed Sheeran perform songs with you until it gets Ed Sheeran's attention. You had another one where you were trying to fill a large stadium with a song like those things, those kind of segments are great. Can you talk about your experience in sort of putting those together and, and how that's helped your channel? For sure. Yeah, I think it's important um, as a creator to do things that people want to come back for. And so um, creating series where they can connect with that, you know, every day or every week or whatever it is, um, and they can keep coming back and they can be excited about what's coming next is so important. And so I found a lot of success with that. And I think it just makes for more of a community on um, the app than just like one-off videos and one-off people just seeing the video. So that's been really special for me. And it's just fun to do something that's a little more engaging and um, something that I can build out. So the Kelly Clarkson series alone was like very, very um, impactful just in terms of views. And um, I got to go to her birthday show, which was cool as a part of that. Um, and so we'll see if Ed Sheeran hops on my song. <laughs> yes, we'll see. Hopefully it will go better than your uh, Nick Jonas interaction. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. But maybe that's a maybe that's a thing I can do again. Maybe it'll get a little more attention. Maybe you never know. That's and true. then I can just meet him the next day, and it can be normal. You know what? I'm I'm kind of turning around on this. I think you have to turn into the skit a little bit, like you know, just <laughs> you know, just, just completely collapse in front of him. <laughs> okay, just, perfect. You know, just oh, faint. He has to like resuscitate you, like that. <laughs> you know. You got, you know, I think you had the right idea with Nick Jonas. You just didn't go far enough. Right. Yes. Take it to um, the next level. Exactly. All right. Uh, the other thing with your, with your videos, that's, you know, it seems kind of obvious, but you know, is always important is just how well put together they are really well shot, really well edited. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a window into what your video making process looks like? I feel like the viewers and listeners could mm -hmm. learn a little bit from that process. For sure. Yeah. Um, all of the videos on my channel are, are either edited by me or my producer, Xander. And so we work together closely on all of that stuff. And I think just the goal is to like make it fun, make it exciting, make it engaging and not take anything too seriously. Um, of course, with Up, it was more important to be more serious for certain things. But overall, just creating fun, um, exciting things. I think one of the things that I noticed on the Kelly Clarkson series that I did was uh, someone commented, this is my favorite TV show. <laughs> and that made me really happy. Because awesome. it's kind of, yeah, it's like creating something that like, uh, is exciting enough that people want to come back for more. It's like your favorite TV show that you want to binge watch. And so um, we try with everything that we create on there to make it emotional, to make it a story, to make it engaging. Um, and that's kind of the goal with every edit that we make. That is the best. Is there a better feeling on TikTok than when you're just scrolling for your for you page and then that particular subgenre of somebody's channel 
pops in that recurring segment you've fallen in love with and just a new one comes up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's the best. Yeah. So good. Or if you're waiting for the part two on something and then finally oh, you get it and you didn't like follow along. Just, oh, love it. It's There's the this one beekeeper I've been following that was having drama with the Queens and his hives. And I was like riveted. I was like, <laughs> I need drama. to know what is happening with these bees. Just refreshing. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Elisa, I don't think I've done you justice by only having you ask crafting questions so far. <laughs> Do you, if there's anything else you wanted to ask Emily before we move forward, I, I I feel like we would all benefit from your insight here. Well, this this might also be like like kind of a lead in, you know, potentially to the last question of the show. But based on conversations that we've been having, and I'm sure things that you've been seeing about social media, and you know how different platforms have kind of fallen off <laughs> um is how are you kind of managing um tiktok you know being such a huge source of success um but is that necessarily you know your kind of only platform are we multi-platforming stuff how how do you kind of see your connection to social media going forward with all of this kind of chaos that seems to be swirling around us for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to be on multiple platforms. I do have a following on Instagram as well, and people connect in different ways on there. It's obviously a different platform than TikTok, but um, it's still been powerful for that sort of thing. Um, and then I do focus on YouTube for some of the bigger ideas and YouTube shorts. And so I think it's important as an artist to just like pick which platforms you don't have to do everything, but pick which ones you feel like are necessary to your stuff and like make sure that you're feeding um, the communities on all of those. And um, if one goes away, that's okay. There's another one and there will be something that comes next. And it's just important to stay true to like what you're trying to do um, and adapt as quickly as you can to whatever new comes along. But I'm just hoping that TikTok and Instagram stick it out for a little while longer and then we'll see what comes next. Well, what comes next for you or what you're working on right now or have released, I should say, mm -hmm. Your newest song, If I Don't Have You. So staying in the magical world of Pixar, mm -hmm. you uh, set lyrics to the Finding Nemo theme and uh, you know put out this really, really terrific song, which I believe just dropped recently. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Can you tell everybody about your new track? For sure. Yeah, I actually wrote this song. Um, I wrote this song after I wrote Up in the Sky, but it was kind of still around the time that I was... Um, doing lots of stuff for Up in the Sky. So it's also about my grandma. Um, and it just kind of felt right to kind of have those two songs together. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like a pair that goes together. People really love that one on TikTok as well. And so it just felt right to have both of those out in the world as a pair together um, and to just provide kind of an alternative version if people prefer Finding Nemo more um, and they are experiencing grief or just need that comfort. Um, I really wanted to put that song out as well. So yeah, I love both of them together. And um, I feel like that song is really special to me too, in the same way that Up in the Sky is. Special to all of us. We really appreciate you making these uh, beautiful pieces of art that we get to enjoy all the time now. You, you can find out more about our guest's work by checking out at emily.more on TikTok and checking out her new single, If I Don't Have You, on all the streaming platforms. This has been a blast, Emily. Before we let you go, one last question for you. Do you have any last tips for the indie creators out there to help them move their careers forward? Hmm. Um, I guess I would say do the hard thing, do the difficult mm. thing. Um, I think it's just 
so much more rewarding uh, than maybe doing the same thing over and over. I think with the up in the sky video, hot air balloon video, that was very difficult for me to put together with the team that I was working with. It took a long time, but the reward of people connecting so deeply with the song, the reward of honoring so many lives with that song and with the video on the hot air balloon was so impactful and so powerful. And um, just to be able to create even more of a community, even more people listening to the song and caring about the music was so, so powerful. And um, I would do it all again. I will be doing more things all again, but I would just say, do the difficult thing, challenge yourself, do things that are innovative and exciting for um, your followers and for your communities and the reward it will come in time. Love that. Emily, this has been a pleasure Thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Don't be a stranger, all right? We'd love to have you on again real soon. Please stay in our universe. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Emily Moore, everybody. I want to do a quick update here on what's going on in the studio. Uh, My dog, Molly, has slept through the whole show. However, I can hear her audibly snoring. That might be picking up on the mic. (laughs) Oh, it is. Um, Hold on. Can you hear that? Okay, well that's, no, that's terrible I can't. radio. I wish I did. I mean, it's it's, it's so cute. It's quite audible, at least coming into my headphones. But I'm glad it's not picking up because that'd be that'd be for some bad satellite radio there. Adorable. Gosh, what a treat Emily Moore is. <laughs> uh, I I just I enjoy everything she's doing on that channel and uh, love that music very much. With the time we have left, I don't know if he's around. Uh, Producer Lauren, is Graham around? I see his box there, but I don't see his image there. I don't know if he can pop in real quick. I don't know if I'm like catching him in a bad time where he's like brushing his teeth or something. Uh, can we get Graham here on the show? I want to introduce every, uh, everyone to our, our newest Break the Business cast member. Let's see. There we go. Graham. So hey, Graham Pierce here, he is our Break the Business intern. He's helping us out with social media. He's helping us out with content research. And uh, he's our resident young person. We do need to get younger around here. Um, And also quite an expert on the music industry, the entertainment industry, studied these things in college, has his finger on the pulse of these things. Just curious, Graham, with the time we have left, you have any thoughts on sort of what's happening here with uh, threads and the erstwhile Twitter now X? Uh, I do have some thoughts on Twitter. I think they kind of botched or at least X kind of botched the whole uh, transition into X.com. I mean, when I when I go to tweet something, it still says tweet. So I think I think they still have a few days left to figure that one out. But yeah. uh, still says tweet on the iOS app and it still says search Twitter on the search bar. So that's not great. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, up to Elon to take a little bit more than a few days to figure that one out. But uh that's my take on that. <laughs> yeah, not not really his style. I mean, say what you will about him, but deliberative is not uh, not an adjective I would ascribe to him. He's he is a man of action, often terrible action, but but action nonetheless. Um, it's a it's it's just it's so bonkers. And look, I'll be real with y'all. Like when I say like, oh, I feel bad for the artists who were on Twitter and now are sort of a person without a country because they're not on because they don't have any followers on threads and they can't be on Twitter anymore. I'm talking about me. <laughs> it is my situation as we speak. 
all of my followers are on Twitter and I can't interact with anyone because the only people left are neo-Nazis and I have four followers on threads because I never built an Instagram account and oh, I'm screwed. I don't know what to do. I have, hold on, let me see if I can pull it up really Follow quick. Follow me on TikTok at RyeTheLawGuy. Like you can the, be my 130th this, follower. Shameless this plug. Is, this is my threads experience. Posts oh, from this parts. user are muted all the way down <laughs> because God. I was I was signing in and it and and I was like oh good it's gonna automate and also let's not say that threads blew up big when all they did was control C control V the Instagram user base like <laughs> wow <laughs> you ported them over like like look at all your daily active users that you just ported like it's not whatever but I mean, like as, as soon as it was starting to show me like tom brady like you clearly do not know me algorithm if you are showing me tom brady on my <laughs> for you feed no um it, th th i hear that now they're they're instituting a following thing and mm, it is i the minute that you become ad friendly versus community friendly i think you might have um lost the plot there a little bit um, are yeah but. our thanks to you elisa rock Talk. thanks to <laughs> graham pierce welcome to the break the business team our thanks to emily moore and producer lauren and thanks to all of you viewers and listeners for checking out break the business we'll see you next week